Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Unknown Serial Killers. Thank you once again for joining me each and every week as we uncover the unknown thoughts of these serial killers and what makes them tick. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go do so now because you do not want to miss any of these. As always, viewer's discretion is advised because we are talking about murder, violence, and possible drug use. On this week's episode, we are talking about Henry Lewis Wallace. Henry Lewis Wallace was born in Barnwell, South Carolina on November 4th, 1965, the son of Lottie Mae Wallace. Wallace grew up with his mother working long hours as a textile worker. She was verbally abusive, constantly criticizing her son for even the smallest mistakes. He attended Barnwell High School where he was elected to be the student council and was a cheerleader. As after he graduated in 1983, Wallace became a disc jockey for our Barnwell radio station. Wallace went to several colleges before joining the U.S. Navy in 1985. He married his high school sweetheart, the former Moretta Brobham, that same year. In 1992, Wallace was honorably discharged from the Navy. During his time in the Navy, Wallace began using several drugs, including crack cocaine. In Washington, he was served warrants for several burglaries in and around the Seattle metro area. In January 1988, Wallace was arrested for breaking into a hardware store. That June, he pled guilty to second-degree burglary. A judge sentenced him to two years of supervised probation. According to his probation officer, Patrick Seberg, Wallace did not show up for most mandatory meetings. On March 8, 1990, Wallace murdered 18-year-old Tashana Bethel, a Barnwell High School student. He then dumped her body in a lake in his hometown. It was not until several weeks later that her corpse was discovered. Wallace was questioned by the police regarding her disappearance and death, but was never formally charged in her murder. He was also questioned in connection with the attempt rape of a 16-year-old Barnwell girl, but was never charged for that either. By the time his marriage to Moretta had fallen apart, he was later fired from his job as chemical operator for a chemical co. In February 1991, Wallace broke into Barnwell High School in the radio station where he once worked as a disc jockey. He stole valuable video and recording equipment equipment, and was caught by caught trying to pawn them. In November 1991, Wallace relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina. He found jobs at several fast food restaurants in East Charlotte before becoming a manager at a Taco Bell near the new Defu Eastland Mall. In May 1992, Wallace picked up 33-year-old Sharon Nance, a convicted drug dealer and prostitute. When she demanded payment for her services, Wallace beat her to death, then dropped her body by railroad tracks. She was found a few days later. In June 1992, Wallace raped and strangled Caroline Love, 20, at her apartment, then dumped her body in the wooded area. Love was a friend of Wallace's girlfriend. She was also a roommate of his girlfriend and a college student. She had worked at a Bojangles at the time of her disappearance. After he killed her, Wallace, his girlfriend, and her sister filed a missing persons report at the police station. It will be almost two years, March of 94, before her body was discovered in a wooded area in Charlotte. On February 19, 1993, 
Wallace strangled 20-year-old Shauna Hawk, a college student at her home, after first raping her and later went to her funeral. Hawk had worked at the Taco Bell where Wallace was her supervisor. On June 22nd, Wallace raped and strangled his Taco Bell co-worker and manager, Audrey Spring. Her body was found on June 25th. On August 10th, 1993, Wallace raped and strangled Valencia M. Jumper, a 21-year-old college student from Columbia, South Carolina. A friend of his sister then set her body on fire to cover up the crime. A few days after her murder, Wallace and his sister went to Valencia's funeral, even sending her family condolences. A month later, on the night of September 14, 1993, Wallace went to the apartment of 20-year-old Michelle Steinson, a college student and friend of his from Taco Bell. He raped her and sometime later strangled and stabbed her in front of her oldest son. On February 4, 1994, Wallace was arrested for shoplifting, but police did not make a connection between him and the murders. On February 20, 1994, a day after Shauna's mother made an appeal to the public to find her daughter's murderer, Wallace raped and strangled Vanessa Little Mac, 25, in her West Charlotte apartment. He knew her through her sister, who was a co-worker of his at Taco Bell. On March 8, 1994, Wallace robbed, raped, and strangled 24-year-old Betty Jean a day after her birthday. Betty Jean and Wallace's girlfriend were co-workers at Bojangles, where she was the assistant manager. After Wallace murdered her, he took a considerable amount of valuables from the house, then left the apartment with her car. He pawned everything except the car, which he left at a local shopping center. Wallace went back to the same apartment complex on the night of March 8, 1994, knowing that Bernice Woods would be at work so he could murder his girlfriend, Brandy June Henderson an 18-year-old high school student, homemaker, and mother of Woods' kids. Wallace raped Henderson while she held her baby and then strangled her. He also strangled her son, who survived. This man is ridiculous. This man has no remorse. He could care about none of these people. And just a disclaimer, all these women that he is coming across, he did know. Either he worked with them or worked under them or worked as their supervisor or worked in the same place, same building, whichever, or he knew them from some, from somewhere. And these women were also all black. The police increased their patrols in East Charlotte after two bodies of young black women were found at the Lake Apartment Complex. Even so, Wallace sneaked in to rob and strangle Deborah Ann Slaughter, 35, who had been a co-worker of his girlfriend. He raped, strangled, and stabbed her some 38 times in the stomach and chest before taking money from the apartment for drugs. Slaughter's body was found on March 12, 1994. Wallace was arrested on March 13, 1994. For 12 hours, he confessed to the murders of 10 Charlotte women. He then confessed to an 11th murder he committed before moving to Charlotte. Wallace described in detail the women's appearances as well as how he raped, robbed, and killed the women. Charlotte's police chiefs rejoiced as Wallace's arrest assuring the community that the women of East Charlotte were safe. However, many in the area's black community criticized the police's conduct during the investigation, accusing them of neglecting the murders of black women. 
One woman stated that the police did not care because they viewed the young victims, the young female murder victims as, quote, fast girls who hung out a lot. As Shauna Denise Hawk's mother, D. Sumter, said, quote, the victims were prominent people with social economic status. They weren't special and they were black, end quote. Charlotte's police chief, Dennis Nowowski, has said he was not aware of a killer until March 1994 when three young black women were murdered within four days of each other. The Charlotte Police Department apologized to Charlotte citizens for not spotting a link among the murderers soon. However, they said the murder cases varied enough to throw them off Wallace's trail until Wallace's murder, murder pace picked up in the early weeks of March 94. The deaths were sporadic and not entirely similar. It was only during the week of March 9, 1994 that Charlotte police warned the people in East Charlotte that there was a serial killer on the loose. Over the next two years, Wallace's case was delayed over choice and venue, DNA evidence from murder victims, and jury selection. His trial began in September 1996. In opening arguments, prosecutor Marsha Goodnow argued for the death penalty while defense attorney Isabel Day asked for a life sentence, arguing that Wallace suffered from mental illness and that the killers the killings were not first degree murders because they did not result from premeditation. You know, I understand that's her job to try to defend him, but in this case you really can't because he really didn't go through so much traumatic experiences in his life. His mom belittled him and, like, verbally abused him and everything like that. But that doesn't cause for people to go out and kill. That's not a really good reason. In 1994, police had asked the FBI for assistance, but the FBI said that the murders were not the work of a serial killer. The colleges Faye Sultan testified during the trial that Wallace had been a victim of physical and mental abuse at the hands of his mother since birth and that he suffered from mental illness at the time of the killing. Sultan argued for a life sentence without parole instead of the death penalty. On January 7, 1997, Wallace was found guilty of nine murders. On January 29th, he was handed nine death sentences. Following his sentencing, Wallace made a statement to his victim's family, in quote, None of these women, none of your daughters, mothers, sisters, or family members in any way deserve what they got. They did nothing to me that that warrant their death, end quote. So why would you kill them if they did nothing to you? On June 5th, 1998, Wallace married a former prison nurse, Rebecca, in a ceremony next to the state's execution chamber. Mecklenburg County Police Public Defender Isabel Day served as an official witness and photographer. Also attending was the manager of the death row unit at the prison. Since being sentenced to death in 1997, Wallace had appeared to overturn the death sentence, stating that his confessions were coerced and his constitutional rights were violated in the process. The North Carolina Supreme Court upheld the sentences in 2000. The U.S. Supreme Court in 2001 denied his appeal in 2005, Superior Court Judge Charles Lamb rejected Wallace's latest appeal to overturn his conviction and death sentences. So he is still on death row as of now, and he is 56 years old.
and yeah, this is the story of Henry Lewis Wallace. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is like one of the ones that was kind of hard to to do. Um, thank you guys for tuning in again and joining me as we uncover and speak on more unknown serial killers. As I tell you guys each and every week, please be nice to people because you never know who they kill. See you guys next week.